This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This guy is a machine. All he does is work out and pick winners. Early odds with Joe Ostrowski. Oregon's down by 12. They're on the 45-yard line with no timeouts. Oregon's got an all-American field goal kicker. Why didn't somebody tell me? Chicago sports betting. Touchdown, Ohio State. There are some folks who are celebrating, and others who are saying, you've got to be kidding. You kind of know what I'm thinking about. Over or under? Under would be the key word. Hello? Bet with an edge. He'd find out the kind of inside stuff nobody else knew, and that's what he put his money on. He even figured out the different bounce you got off the different kinds of wood they used on college basketball courts, you know? Early odds with Joe Ostrowski. A friend of mine is very smart, said, I've been very lucky with gambling. I've never won. Broadcasting from the Score Hyundai Studios, presented by your local Hyundai dealers. You're seeing training camp video all over the NFL, not only here with the Bears, but around the league. Some scares the other day, including uh, Joe Burrow, but it looks like uh, things are going to be just fine there. So it's time to bring in our friend Connor Allen at Connor Allen NFL, 444.com, betsperts.com. He's a sports betting manager over at those spots. I know he's been busy with a lot of preview stuff over there and, and also with the podcast, Move the Line podcast. I see him doing stuff on a pretty regular basis over there with the different division previews with uh, with everybody over at 4 for 4. What's up, Connor? Not much, Joe. Appreciate you having me on. Always good to talk some football. I mean, we're a little bit over a month out from the season now at this point, and uh, my, my futures card is loaded, and I'm excited for the season to finally start. I know last year in one of our season previews, you felt a little bit bad, but not really because you cashed all those tickets at the end of the season, just completely trashing the Bears, and you were right on everything. I think you were more right than you even expected to be. Are you going to trash the Bears this year? Are you fading them hard, or do you have a 2023 version of the Bears? So I am not fading the Bears this year because I think that they've done enough for them to be interesting. I do think that their floor is a little bit lower than their seven and a half uh, win total right now. Uh, mm-hmm. We're looking at a team that added some talent defensively, but really it's not key talent. So you added a couple of off-ball linebackers. 
You added a little bit to the offensive line. Obviously, the addition of DJ Moore is fantastic. That being said, I think they're in a great spot for the future. If it doesn't pan out this year, they're in a good spot to potentially take another quarterback in next year's draft, and they have enough pieces to build off that. So the future is bright. This year, I'm a little bit uncertain. I think that maybe the 7.5 win total might be a bit of a jump for them specifically. But, I, I, again, the upside's there if Justin Fields takes a step forward as a passer. In terms of which team I think could be the Bears this year, there's a couple teams that – I think are, you know, a little bit frisky in terms of potential downside scenarios here. One of which I think is the Panthers are very interesting because Bryce Young, obviously they just drafted him, but the receiving core is completely overrated. And this is going to be great news for Bears fans because they have DJ Shark, they have Adam Thielen. And then outside of that, it's basically a bunch of rookies or guys who are unproven. And both of those players were some of the worst separators in the NFL last year, uh, according to the metrics. So we're looking at two guys who can't get open behind an offensive line that is very average and then basically a rookie quarterback. And the defense should be okay, but, I mean, it's going to take basically Bryce Young putting the team on his back for them to win a ton of games. So I think the Bears' pick next year could end up being really high because they own the Panthers first round. Yeah, I was thinking that Bryce Young actually might start on the bench because you're kind of just throwing him to the wolves out there. So that's interesting that you think the Panthers just could be got off on. As you mentioned, that would be great news for Bears fans. Uh, What about the defensive side? You're spot on with the offense, but the reason that that Panthers win total isn't that low, it's seven and a half, the exact same number as the Bears, is because they do have some playmakers on defense with Burns and J.C. Horn. How much do you think that can hold them up, or do you just believe, look, it's about the quarterback play and what they can do on offense, that the defense can only do so much? Yeah, I think that the defense projects to be good, but I don't know if they're like truly an elite defense to carry this team. And I think that's where it, what it comes down to, because like you mentioned, J.C. Horn, Brian Burns, uh, they have two top 25 linebackers according to PFF. Um, but on the flip side, you know, Dante Jackson, the corner is a little bit of a weak, weak spot. If Jeremy Chin is playing in the slot, he didn't grade out well as well either. So it, again, it'll be a lot of pressure on J.C. Horn and offensively. I see them trying to run the ball a lot and then just having very little success moving the chains uh, on third down when they're passing the ball. So for me, it's like if the defense will have a ton of pressure on them, and if they're not elite, then the downside here is pretty hefty. What did you think about Justin Fields predicting at least a 4,000 passing yard season for him? And of course, uh, the total out there eh, around 2850, maybe high 2700s at some spots. Yeah, the, so the betting market is telling him and the rest of the world that he's absolutely insane because yep. uh, you can get a, a derivative of that for him to throw to 4,000 yards. Actually, you can bet on this right now. It's 14 to 1. So you're, you're getting 14 times your money if you think that he throws for 4,000 plus passing yards. Now, I actually, if you do want to bet on Justin Fields, I think that playing 3,500 plus passing yards and 4,000 plus passing yards is a significantly better bet than playing over 2,800 because if he does hit a ceiling, if he does hit that top end outcome, he throws the ball like he did at Ohio State. DJ Moore is getting open. Chase Claypool is done modeling in France. You know, everything is clicking. Uh, <laughs> like in that spot, I mean, the ceiling is high. He can easily throw for 4,000 yards in that situation, but the floor is very low. I mean, that, that's what I'm concerned about here. So instead of taking the minus 110 on 2,800, I'd prefer taking the alternate overs on, on a guy like Fields. Just looking at the landscape of the league outside of uh, the Bears, it's especially in the NFC where we had the division winners of Philadelphia, Minnesota, the luckiest season ever, where they finished with a negative point differential. Tampa Bay wins the South and San Francisco out West. Can I sell you on four new division winners this year in the NFC? Potentially. Honestly, I think that that's very much in play. I am interested in potentially 
the Falcons winning their division in the NFC South. I'm interested mm-hmm. in the Cowboys having a better season this year. Their defense is incredible. The loss of Kellen Moore is, I think, bad from a volume perspective in terms of Dak's stats and like fantasy football. But from an actual win-loss perspective, they're going to slow the game down. Dak is going to cut down on his interceptions. He's going to be way more efficient. And then the defense is going to be able to carry this team along with a strong running game. So I think the Cowboys are going to be a very, very good team, while the Eagles potentially regress a little bit. I mean, don't get me wrong. They have a ton of talent. But I think it's okay to say that their defense played against some of the worst quarterbacks in the league last year and feasted on them. And now, while they're talented, they were exposed in the Super Bowl and against other good teams to show that, like, they're not really that, that good. And that they have more holes than they think. So I think the Cowboys can win the division. It's like plus 175 as well. Yep, I'm with you. I'm uh, buying the Cowboys, and I'm also kind of uh, checking myself a little bit because, like, okay, Joe, now that McCarthy's the offensive coordinator, now's the time that you're going to buy into the Cowboys. But I do think a lot of things set up in a positive manner for them. You mentioned your take on the South. You could tell me anything there. I understand uh, your opinion with the Falcons. The Saints are the favorite there. I'm fading the Niners. I think it sets up for Seattle. Arizona is going to be better than people expect, and they have the lowest win total in the NFL. North could be anything. So I'm just probably going to take the value with the North, and I might be looking up North uh, to Green Bay, not Minnesota. Ooh, yeah, that's that's interesting because I think that Minnesota, like you said, obviously has a lot of issues. They lost a ton of defensive defensive talent as well. So I think their offense is going to be fun, but their defense is projecting to start just some terrible players. So I think for the first time, honestly, in my lifetime, the NFC North is going to be fun mm-hmm. and like interesting with a lot of offense, not a ton of defense. The Packers, it's going to depend a lot on Jordan Love. I think they have a lot of good pieces around him. If he can be adequate, I think that they're squarely in play to win the division. If he can be good, then I think that they, I mean, can easily win the division. Is Kyle Shanahan uh, playing us for fools, or is he kind of contemplating Sam Darnold being his quarterback? I think that it's Purdy, uh, like pretty confident here. I know that the first day of practice came out and Purdy had a pretty terrible day, but last year we're looking at it, as soon as Brock Purdy took over, they were like top three in basically every single metric. We're scoring a ton of points, averaging over 30 points per game. Uh, and he was frankly playing better than Jimmy Garoppolo at that time. Now, that being said, if Purdy does not progress in camp, if Sam Darnold is blowing everyone else out of the water, it would not surprise me to see that. But considering we saw John Lynch basically in, was it at the combine or maybe in February, March, he went on said, it's like, yeah, Brock Purdy's our quarterback one. This is well before Purdy was cleared healthy. So, I mean, I think that he proved enough to be their guy because he can execute what Kyle Shannon wants. Maybe he doesn't have the upside of the Trey Lance if he had panned out, but again, they don't need that right now. They're in a win now mode. They can win with a guy like Brock Purdy. Shanahan threw out a Sam Darnold, Steve Young comp the other day. Oh boy. <laughs> that's what, that's what had me thinking. I'm like, oh, really? Is he just doing that pandering to San Francisco fans because they watched Steve Young's career? Uh, maybe thinking that. Yeah, I, his case was, hey, it took Steve Young a while. Maybe it's going to take Sam Darnold a while. And hey, guess what? He said it without saying it. Now he's with an offensive genius. <laughs> I do think that before starting Trey Lance, they would start Sam Darnold. I 100% think that. I, I certainly agree with you there. Early odds with Joe Ostrowski, Sports Radio 670. The score, my guest this morning, Connor Allen, 444.com, betspurts.com. All right, I saw you throw together one of these uh, fun $10 parlays. You throw a few crazy predictions together. And actually, they're not that crazy. It's just when you add up the odds, it is a ridiculous payout. So one of them was Herbert MVP, and another was Mike McDaniel, Coach of the Year. I could see both happening. So it has me uh, thinking that you're in on the Chargers and the Dolphins. Let's start with the Chargers. Herbert got paid earlier this week. 
It's going to be fascinating to see Kellen Moore go from Dallas out to the L.A. Chargers. You talk about the variance of the Chargers. I mean, aren't they the definition of that? Staley, it's year three. He changes the O.C. If it's a dumpster fire again for their standard, for the amount of talent that they have, he might be on the chopping block midseason. But uh, I'm totally with you. I think it's going to be a breakthrough year, and the Chargers are finally going to go over the win total. They, they've gone under like the last five years. Uh, the number's nine and a half. Did I read that right? Are you buying in on L.A.? Yeah, absolutely. I'm very much another Chargers this year. And Kellen Moore coming over from the Cowboys again, like I just mentioned that maybe he wasn't the best for Dak, but for a guy like Justin Herbert, who has an absolute hose of an arm, has been massively underutilized with his previous offensive coordinator, had one of the lowest average depth of targets in the league, which means he was throwing the ball consistently short, whereas now they added Quinn Johnson out of TCU. Mike Williams is healthy. They still have Keenan Allen, Austin Eckler. Uh, like so many things are going right for Herbert. And then the nonstop buzz at a training camp has been that they want him to be more aggressive. So I think that they're going to be way, way more aggressive. And if let's be real, like if the Chargers win the division and they beat out the Chiefs with a healthy Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert is probably squarely in the MVP conversation. So at that point, like I think he's a great value. And I think that that's very, very much in play given how much talent they have and uh, their changes at offensive coordinator and offensive philosophy. Quarterbacks that have not won an MVP, but maybe they will. Herbert. Burrow, Hurts, Josh Allen. I mean, I keep hearing he's going to win the next one. Uh, people think Trevor Lawrence is going to break through. You think all of them are going to get MVPs? Got Herbert, Allen, Burrow, Hurts, Trevor Lawrence. Not to mention, I think everybody believes Mahomes will get at least a third one. As long as Mahomes is in the league, it's really tough to see all of those guys getting an MVP in their career. A guy like at the bottom of that list that you talked about, though, that I think is going to take a massive step forward this year, Trevor Lawrence. I'm really, really excited for what he can do in Jacksonville. I know there's some questions along the offensive line, but Calvin Ridley is just a true alpha number one (laughs) receiver. Like, I'm sure you saw the clip. He is a rocket out of a cannon. He is a true, like, alpha. And, like, we think about Christian Kirk and Zay Jones and Evan Ingram, and those guys part of last year were just – very average. I mean, these are basically Jags, you know, just a guy. And now they come in, they have a great season, Trevor Lawrence. Everyone's like, oh, well, Calvin Ridley's not going to be that good. He is significantly better than any of those players. So if he's anything like he was, I mean, he's going to continuously elevate this offense. He is going to be out to prove something all year. Yes, I was just going to ask you about that exact same clip. And Zay Jones had a pretty good year. He had 121 targets, over 800 yards, five touchdowns. Like There were games where he ended up being a go-to guy, and then you see the clip, just the difference in speed between Zay Jones and Calvin Ridley. Oh, man, I think it's going to be a monster. If it wasn't, I don't know. It had me thinking about the voters because Offensive Player of the Year has become a wide receiver award over the last couple of years. I think that can continue since MVP is a quarterback award. Like Ridley has the talent and, and he's got the gunslinger to work with where he could be Offensive Player of the Year. I absolutely. I actually bet on him to lead the league in receiving yards. It's like 60 to one or something like that. So uh, I think that that's very viable along with Offensive Player of the Year because I think Trevor Lawrence is, is capable of taking that step that we saw from Andrew Luck, we saw from Peyton Manning in their like second, third year where they have, you know, decent years, good years. And then they really take that next step forward when they get more talent. I mean, again, we saw from Josh Allen too, you get a better wide receiver, you get better surroundings and they take a leap forward in that third year. That's where I think that that spectrum of what we can see for Trevor Lawrence is here. And if Calvin Ridley is truly as good as I believe he is, I mean, he's going to be right alongside guys like Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase uh, for most receiving yards at the end of the season. I like that. Receiving leader, he's 66 to 1. Offensive player of the year, he's 100 to 1. A couple of uh, pretty strong looks. All right, uh, another division. 
that is pretty open, especially since Aaron Rodgers is now part of it. The AFC East. And man, have we heard a positive story from the Buffalo Bills in the last year that's not named DeMar Hamlin. It feels like everything that comes out of there has uh, has been negative. It makes you question the Bills. And are they finally going to break through? On that parlay that we were just addressing, you put Mike McDaniel, Coach of the Year, 20 to 1. That's a pretty good number. A lot of it depends if uh, Tua is going to be able to st- stay healthy. Sell me more on Miami, why they're going to take another step. Yeah, so when Tua is healthy last year, they were basically top three in almost every statistical category offensively. It was, you know, EPA, points per game, whatever you want to talk about, they were top three. Even with their backup quarterback, went toe-to-toe with a good Buffalo team. Now defensively, this is key here. Vic Fangio, our, our brother from the Bears here, uh-huh. really left an impact on me because he came in, I believe it was 2015-2016, to just a decrepit Bears defense. Like one of the worst in the league, no talent, and made them average. Like he was like made them at least passable for multiple seasons. And for me, that left a big impact as a guy who's a talent elevator. Maybe he's not a great head coach, and I think that that's okay to accept. But now back in the defensive coordinator position with legitimate talent in Miami, I think that defense takes a massive step forward. As long as Tua stays healthy and his offense can remain explosive here, I see no reason that with a top-five offense and a potentially top-10, top-five defense, you're looking at a great chance here, even in a tough division. If they win the division here, again, like Mike McDaniel, 20-1, to improving this team enough, like I think that puts him in the coach of the year conversation, which is one of the big factors for coach of the year. It's like you can't be an awesome coach and then win a bunch of games. You have to be a, t- a coach on like a middling team that has potential and then actually execute and win a lot of games above expectation. It took me a long time to buy in on Tua, and I was taking my pot shots last year. But if you have that explosion and their playmakers stay healthy and you add Vic Fangio, his defenses have been top 10 in points allowed. 10 different times in his time as a defensive coordinator. Yeah. I mean, that's what you need, right? You give that sort of ceiling. I think that's a good angle. I like that. Everything's pointing to Bill Belichick finishing last. I think so. I mean, I'm very, very down on this Patriots team this year. That's another part of the reason too, is that this Patriots team defensively, we look at their metrics and they were outstanding, you know, top three in a lot of different metrics. They played really well, but if you look at who they played, they played like eight games against just like either backup quarterbacks or the worst quarterbacks in the league that were missing talent. And so then in those games, they were, you know, obviously elite. In every other game they played, they were bottom five, six in like pass defense, basically everything across the board there as well, which makes sense because you're probably playing the Bills, you know, some of the better teams there. But the point is, is that this is probably an average defense and you're an offense that is not played all that well and they're getting Bill O'Brien, but I think Bill O'Brien is probably a step up from the Joe Judge, Matt Patricia experiment that they had last year. But how much of a step up is he really? I mean, he coordinated great talent in Alabama and basically shut out of the league as a massive boomer after, you know, running the Texans into the ground. You know, like, I don't really think that he's that much of an upgrade for a team that's severely lacking talent offensively. I mean, their three wide receivers set is what, Devontae Parker, Juju Smith-Schuster, maybe Kendrick Bourne or Tyquan Thornton, like, these are guys who are just really not all that good at this point in their career. So I don't think they have many options of being explosive offensively. Their defense is overrated. And in a tough division like this, I think the Patriots go well under their seven half win total and finish last in this division. The chatter about Belichick getting fired this season, I think it's silly and Kraft is not going to embarrass him in that manner, but it wouldn't surprise me if that ends uh, sometime, sometime soon, but I don't see Kraft firing him. Certainly not mid season. No, 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 definitely not. At least let him finish out the season and it would be a, you know, Bill Belichick wants to retire or it would something also come out that it was his idea, you know, to not embarrass him. Like you said. Yep. A couple more minutes here with Connor Allen, four for four.com betsperts.com. Follow him on Twitter at Connor Allen NFL. All right, Connor, last year when we spoke before the season, 
you did a lot of interesting homework on season-long player props about why you should just bet all the unders this past season. Now we got a two-year sample size. Did that ring true once again? It did, yeah. So I actually found more player props for both each of the last two seasons, and the results were outstanding. It was if you just bet every single under on player season-long player props. I'm talking about you know Justin Fields over under 2,800 passing yards for the entire season. You would have hit 63% in 2021, 60% last year. Across the board, 61% of the bets would have gone under just blindly betting every single category. Wow. And I, I recall last year, we talked a lot about the running backs going under on running backs for obvious reason. We, we, they go down more than anybody else. But I didn't see as many running back props as we've seen in the past. Uh, a lot of running back chatter this year. They had the Zoom meeting, all that stuff. But it, it, did that happen again where you got to go running backs or was there another position that stood out? So it was both. I think that, like you said, running backs are injured at a really high rate. So running rushing touchdowns over the last two years have gone under 66% of the time for running backs, 39 and 20 in the sample size. Uh, but quarterback props are something that I found really interesting. Over the last two years, passing yardage props are 43 and 15 to the under uh, on this. So 74% of the time. Uh, and interception props as well, 66% on the under as well. And I think that both of those are just fantastic looks because quarterbacks have so many different potential issues obviously if they play a game and then get hurt you win your bet if they play a game and their offensive line gets injured and their efficiency goes down you're probably going to win your bet their top receiver goes down again probably going to win your bet everything has to kind of line up for them to have a good to great season which is generally what's needed to hit their over on their passing yard or interception prop so like all of those things in, in culmination here make it seem like you should basically not only be betting unders or blind betting them like i mentioned but when you're making a bet you should first think about it in the lens of how can i bet this under yeah yeah, that's a excellent point because the sports books are smart. They understand that most bettors are looking for the positive result. They're looking to bet overs and, oh yeah, it looks great. Average it out to now a 17 game season. This is all you need. But as you mentioned, you miss two games. That thing is thrown mm -hmm. entirely out of whack. Uh, do you happen to remember, was it underperformance or was it injury based or a mix of both on why all those quarterback unders hit? It's just, a, it's a mix of both, really. It's it's something that, y it gives you so many outs just either way. So yeah, it is really just a mix of both of getting injured, of, you know, performance-based, because a lot of them don't even end up being close to their number. I, I mean, Fields' was number was in, in the 3,000s last year as well. And again, he got hurt, didn't play as well. And even though he played well on the ground and was able to score a lot of points for this team, it just didn't really translate to passing yards. And, and just to be in the mix with the number that's set for this year, and he only missed two games last year, it's still a 600-yard jump to get close to that number. That's massive, even with much more talent around him. It's pretty crazy. Our median projections, which are just you know kind of looking at what we expect to be the most likely outcome, have him a little bit under his 2,800-yard number. Now, that being said, I, I talked about it. There's plenty of upside. If you do want to play the over, play the alternate overs. But yeah, that 2,800 mark, unless he significantly improves as a passer and DJ Moore help, helps unlock the offense, the offensive line plays, plays better, it's a lot of ifs. If that all happens, the upside's there. Otherwise. I might lean under too. I know what I'll be looking at over the next month. Good stuff there. Connor Allen at Connor Allen NFL. He's a sports betting manager, 444.com, betsports.com. Check out his Move the Line podcast. What are you guys doing over the next month? I know you've been uh, running through a bunch of the division previews. What else you got? Yeah, division previews, releasing a ton of my official season-long prop bets and doing more research on how to win money over the course of the season, betting props, betting sides, totals, whatever it may be. Awesome. Uh, let's do this again soon, Connor. Thanks, man.
Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Joe. Connor Allen, 444.com and Betsperts.com. First NFL coached fired odds are out, and we have value. That's next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. On Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski, Saturday mornings 8 to 9 on 670 The Score and the Odyssey app. Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski, 670 The Score, Saturdays 8 to 9 a.m. NFL first coach fired odds has the Cowboys' Mike McCarthy as the favorite, followed by Todd Bowles. Josh McDaniels and Ron Rivera. Seventh spot belongs to Matt Eberflus at 14 to 1, even though we all know that's not happening. Uh, we discussed on BetQL Daily. It's myself, Ryan Horvath, and Ed Egros, who is strongly opposed to McCarthy being the favorite. Take a listen. Mike McCarthy absolutely positively should not be favored in this market in any way, shape, or form. And there are so many reasons I can point to why. Number one, Jerry Jones is probably slower to make head coaching changes for the most part than what the public may be anticipating. Second of all, Mike McCarthy has done fairly well with the Cowboys in his first two years, making the playoffs in both campaigns. So there's that. Taking over play calling duties, yes, the onus will be on McCarthy a good bit more, and so that that's going to be a big question mark. But it's not like that the Cowboys have this team that could very well fall apart in just a matter of a few weeks. We are looking for someone who's probably going to be fired in season. I don't think that's how the Cowboys want to operate here. If Mike McCarthy is going to have just three years in Dallas, then he'll probably have three full years there. Really, the thing is, like, there are other names I can point to to say, yes, they've either been there for a few years and they're on the hot seat, or, you know, they're in their inaugural campaign. You don't know what to expect out of them, whatever it is. But I look at, you know, what McCarthy has done so far and the infrastructure that he's working within, and I think he's going to be just fine. I mean, you look at the projections for the Cowboys this year, and, you know, what out there is suspect? What makes you believe that they're going to have a losing record? Maybe they, don't, they won't win the division, but... To me, with what they've put together, I find it really hard to believe that barring catastrophic injuries, they can't at least make the playoffs, Worthy. 
Yeah, I completely agree uh, where you're coming from here, Ed, because I think that's just not how they do business, right? If they're going to fire Mike right. McCarthy, it's going to be because they didn't win a playoff game. I just think that that's a double-digit win season again for Dallas if Dak stays healthy. And even last year, they won games with Cooper Rush. That's still a really good defense. You know, you get even better, actually, on the defensive side of the ball. I like the Gilmore pickup in the secondary. I like the Brandon Cook uh, pickup on the offensive side of the ball. I know you lose Kellen Moore. If Tony Pollard's healthy, I think you get better just saying goodbye to Zeke yeah. because now Tony Pollard could finally average 20 to 25 touches. But, you know, like if I'm looking at this market, I want to look at a team where they could struggle out of the gate, a quarterback I'm not sold on, you know, a bunch of guys even on the defensive side of the ball that are still a big question mark, like a Chase Young. So I was looking at Ron Rivera at 8-1, to one, you know, just because new ownership group comes in into Washington. Dan Snyder's finally gone. They're going to want to change things up there, you know, and you got Ron Rivera. You have a new play caller in Washington, but if they get off to a slow start, I could see him being fired in season. Like there's a couple like really interesting prices down the board, different names that we could talk about. But I think that that's why you're seeing an eight to one price for Riverboat Ron, because I think there's a realistic shot that that's somebody that would be fired in season. I completely agree. Ed. I don't think there's any chance Jerry Jones is firing Mike McCarthy in season. I don't think it gets that bad in Dallas. And even if it did, I think he would wait until after the season, because who are you going to replace him with? I guess Dan Quinn is there. You know, you can make him your interim head coach, but I just don't see it happening. Well, first off, on the McCarthy front, I think the Cowboys are going to have a really good year. I like them Me to too. win that division. I, I like them to do big things. Same. But with that said, I do understand why. Because the Cowboys are popular. People look at Jerry Jones, and they're going to bet on McCarthy. Why? Because they don't like McCarthy. They think McCarthy sucks, I think, for the most part. That perception is out there. Now he's the dude. Now if you're not, you're not having a successful offense, it's on him. He can't point to the OC anymore. So I do understand why he's the favorite. There's no way I would bet him. No way. Even if the odds were good, I'm not betting on him for all the, the points that you guys stated. Now, before even looking at the odds, there are a few names that I wrote down. And then after looking at the odds, I don't love it. But I do think there is a chance that these coaches could be first fired, but I'm not going to bet them because I don't think there's enough value. First name that came to mind, Rivera. Yes, this is going to be his fourth year. New ownership, we know all the reasons. Now, I do like them uh, to go over the win total, but Rivera is going to be on the hot seat to start the season at 7-1. to one. I don't think it's worth a play, but I wouldn't hate it if you wanted to bet it. I thought we were going to get a better number on this one because it's only his second year. Are the Saints really all in with Dennis Allen? They're used to Sean Payton, and that is a wide-open division. So being only year two, I thought we would get a better number than 8-1, to one, so I'm not interested there. Same thing with year two with the Raiders. They could yeah. have the worst record in the NFL, but again, that year two angle, it's only 10 to one for Josh McDaniels. So another one, I was hoping for a better number. I think the sweet spot right here is in the 16 to one range. There are two names that we really like. Brandon Staley, it's year three, and here's the pressure. We talked about yesterday, them, the, the LA Chargers being a high variance team. It could be great. It could be a dumpster fire. So if that's in play with the latter, then Staley could get all the blame. And at 16 to 1, if they're, they are not meeting expectations, he's going to wear that. So 16 to 1, there's some value there. I wasn't thinking this name earlier, but, but now I kind of am. Arthur Blank love Arthur Smith? Like, what has he done? Are they building anything in Atlanta? I know it's a soft schedule, and they don't have a great quarterback, which means they could come off to a bad start here. You know, it's like we're always waiting on Kyle Pitts. They, they have the guy that's 
you know, perceived by some to be an offensive uh, guru. It hasn't quite worked, and we know there are issues on defense. Maybe the Falcons are just outright bad this year and blank, blame Smith in year three. So 16-1, to one, Brandon Staley, Arthur Smith stand out to me. And this is 100-1 to one on the list that we have here. Oh, no, I have it. I have it. I know what you're doing. You have it? Sean McDermott. I wrote it down. I could show you my paper. Go ahead. Ah. That's awesome. That's awesome. (laughs) You are copying my paper once again. That is good. Sean McDermott at 100 to 1, I think, has some tremendous value. Look, first Mm -hmm. five games, Jets, Raiders, Commanders, Dolphins, Jaguars, and London. Would we be shocked if the Bills start out 2 and 3? No. I'm not sure we should be shocked if if that happens. Now, look. Raiders, Commanders, okay, if they drop one of those two and they go to one and four, then they probably will make a change there. But it's 100 to one. That number is just way too good to pass up, knowing full well that two and three outside chance of one and four could very well happen, Joe. Jets could be great. Yeah, if you start off in a hole, McDaniel with with the Dolphins, we like the momentum as long as Tua can stay healthy. He's got a four and five playoff record. They're trending in the wrong direction, and you look at McDermott's six years already. Yeah, we're going into year number seven. So if it doesn't happen now, when's it going to happen? And everything within that organization is about getting Josh Allen better. A little bit of BetQL Daily with myself, Ed Egros, and Ryan Horvath sitting in for Aaron this week. Catch us live weekdays 8 to 11 a.m. on the Odyssey app, Twitch, and the BetQL Daily Podcast. I tweet out the links to all that stuff at Joe Ostrowski. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. There are any number of reasons you might consider selling your home. That's where an agent who is a realtor comes in to navigate the process to sell your home in a way that's right for you. Because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. On Twitter, our friend Jim Miller drops by to discuss Bears bets and what the Cubs should not do. Early odds with Joe Ostrowski on 670 The Score and the Odyssey app. The Score listener line is powered by BetQL. Bet smarter and beat the books. Download the BetQL app today or visit BetQL.com. Welcome back to Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski, Sports Radio 670 The Score and the Odyssey app. And we welcome in a regular contributor here on Early Odds, Jim Miller at Hawthorne Jim on Twitter. Of course, baseball on the mind. And we're transitioning to a little bit of football, Jim. Uh, Jim, I know you're just uh, waiting until it all shakes out. Three more days left. But I got to tell you, I feel like I'm in the minority. I see all these odds out there. Bellinger's next team. Stroman's next team. 
I'm not positive that the Cubs should sell because I think it's been a very unlucky four months for them. They are better than their record shows, and that's still an open division. It's an open division, Joe, and it's a division where you look at it, okay, Pittsburgh's kind of dropped out of it a little bit. Cincinnati made their run, and now they've leveled out. Well, the Cubs just beat up a little bit on the cards. You look at Milwaukee's lineup, they're really not very deep, two, three hitters deep, and that's about it. That division's still up for grabs. The Cubs have the talent. You have Swanson coming back, who's healthy. Bellinger has been good. The pitching is now solid, and Kyle Hendricks is coming around. To me, I would stand, Pat, and wait and see what happens. I think they have enough to still contend for that division all the way to the end. At the very least, a playoff spot for sure. It's going to be fascinating, the decisions that some of these teams make. Like, I'm really interested in San Diego. Just what do they do? Because there have been reports on both sides. Are they going to buy? Are they going to sell? And they're much further back than the Cubs, but they've invested long-term. They spent all that money, so not quite sure. A couple bets I made earlier this week. Want to get your thoughts. Angels, I think the market is overreacting. They're going to hang on to Shohei Otani. They are plus 850 to make the playoffs, and it's been a free-falling month for the Tampa Bay Rays. My O's hanging in, got them 50-1 to to win the division in April. (laughs) I'm rooting for them every single night going out of my way to watch those games. I bet them plus 800, the Rays, to miss. So Angels plus 850 to make the playoffs, Rays plus 800 to miss the playoffs in the toughest division in baseball. You're like me being on the Ellie De La Cruz celebration tour. You're kind of the same (laughs) way with your teams. And I think it's okay. I mean, I like Baltimore. I like everything that they've done. I mean, the youth movement's been good. We saw it at the end of last season when they were competitive in the toughest division in baseball. And now that division has come back a little bit and they've only gotten better. You kind of look at their roster. They're kind of like that NFL second and third year quarterback that's coming into their own. That's what is happening with a lot of these players. So I can totally see it on that end. And then you look on the other end of things, the Rays again, toughest division in baseball. We know Baltimore is good. Okay, I think the Yankees are going to hang around. Boston's actually been playing a whole lot better baseball too. And when you're looking at a division like that where it's so many divisional games that are meaningful divisional games, I think those are the right moves. You can find value in spots like that, and I think you found value in both of those spots. All right, Jim Miller, I know you have some Bears bets that you're looking at here late July. What's on your mind? All right, last year, you know, I was anti-Bear. And it paid off for all of us when the Bears had the worst record in the league. But looking back at last year, think about the amount of times that they were in games in the fourth quarter. Mm -hmm. And it was that Justin Fields turnover. Or it was that incomplete pass in the one-yard line. Little things like that that they could turn around. And now this year, okay, you have a DJ Moore. You have a Justin Fields who is figuring things out. And I think the Bears are now playing in a division that has gotten very soft. I mean, all the good players for the Vikings seem to be gone. The Packers, I don't think, are going to be very good at all. And the Lions are dealing with just a little bit of turmoil with all the betting scandals going on. So to me, there's a couple of plays surrounding the Bears. First off, that over-under number has stuck right there at 7.5. I think you can still play the over. It's a minus number. It's minus 122. But I think you play the over, and I think you can double up and say, okay, if you think the Bears are going to go over, that means you're looking at eight or nine wins. Why not bet them to make the playoffs? That number is plus 172. I think there's a chance there because I think it could be one of those where only one team comes out of the division, and I think the Bears have the potential to be that team. Yeah, I was telling David Hahn, Gabe Ramirez the other morning that I think if you just pick four teams out of a hat in the NFC North and say this is going to be the finish, you could sell me on it, right? Couldn't I sell you 
on the Lions as a favorite winning the division. Oh, yeah. The Vikings, after the amount of victories that they had a year ago, I know there was a lot of luck involved, but they could win the division again. What if Jordan loves good? I could sell you on that story with Green Bay, and maybe LaFleur gets a lot of the credit because he wins without Aaron Rodgers. Or the Bears kind of flip the division, and Justin Fields is good. I, you know, there are all sorts of stories could happen with this NFC North. So I think you're right. I would take a look at just playing some of the value as far yeah. as attacking the NFC North. Agree 100%. And based on nothing but bets, there's been movement. Earlier in the offseason, it was the Packers as the fourth favorite, the long shot. Now it's the Bears at some spots, but some places have the Bears. One constant has been Lions favorite, Vikings second favorite. And I think that's where you get the value because I'm I'm really down on the Vikings. I mean, think about how many one-score victories the Vikings had and then look at what they did in the playoffs. Okay, 13-3 yep. and three last year easily could have been 8-9, and 9-8. Nine, nine and eight. And now you're missing some of those big weapons that you've had in the past. I mean, your top guys are gone. So that's one of the things when you're looking at that point differential that was hovering right around even, even though you had all those victories, I think that's a team that you can play against. Now, going back to the Bears, Joe, I think there's a couple other spots that are really kind of surprising to me, and they surround Justin Fields. I, I think everybody thinks Justin Fields is going to take a little bit of a step up this year, yeah. but there were two passing totals that I found that were amazing. Look at the over-under total for passing this year, 2,775 yards. That's 163 yards a game, and his passing touchdown over-under number is 17 and a half. That means he's got to throw one touchdown a game this year. Well, if he improves just slightly – you figure he's going to go over on both of those. Cole Komet just signed to a four-year deal. DJ Moore is back. Darnell Mooney is back. This is a team that has more weapons. I think both of those are overplays as well, and everything ties into the Bears having a much improved season. Okay, we're on opposite ends when it comes to Justin Fields because oh, I, no. I, well, I'm looking at different bets. Here's my thinking. Everything you said is correct. And the 2850, whatever number you get, I know there's some spots of 2775. Make sure you shop around and find the best number available. We're talking about better than a 600-yard jump in most of those. Okay, makes sense with all the weapons that are going to be there for him. And maybe they do follow through, and he ends up running a little bit less. But for a mobile quarterback where a run game is such a heavy part of it, I don't know that he's going to play 15 games again like he did a season ago. That's the part that scares me. So, yeah, on the surface, the yards and passing touchdowns, they look quite appealing. But I'd rather go with the rushing ones, Jim. The rushing yards is at 825 and a half. And the one that I really like is the rushing touchdowns. The amount of times that they were in that scoring zone inside the five and they just went to field for him to, to bring it home for six, six and a half rushing touchdowns. I see. Uh, yeah, yeah. I like that a lot more than the passing just because I'm concerned about the durability that he's going to be able to push it. Because you can talk all you want about, okay, we're going to pass more, we're going to change things up, longevity of his career, want him all season. I get that. But in the heat of the moment, when the pocket is collapsing, is Justin Fields going to go run for 50? You better believe he's going to do it if it's there. So I, I still like the rushing props for Fields. I'm not saying right. you're wrong. I would just rather go rushing instead of passing. Why can't he do both? Because if sure. you think about it, <laughs> the rushing number, that means he's got a, in over a 17-game season. He has to rush for an average of 50 yards a game. So you're talking to go over for both. He rushes for 50 yards a game. You're passing for 163 yards a game. That means 210 yards are coming out of him where you're having to hope, okay, you're going to get something out of your running game. 300 yards in the NFL is still bad for offense. 
So you can even have a bad season and still go over both of those numbers. So I think you can play all of those over. You know how many rushing touchdowns Fields had in the first six games? How many? One. And then he turned it on, and he finished the season with eight. I I think we're going to see a continuation of that, where they're just going to continue to run with him a little bit, no matter how much they talk about it. Biggest liability at the sports books for most rushing yards by quarterbacks? Yep, it's Justin Fields, the favorite. People are betting on him to run a bunch again here in the 2023 season. All right, Jim, your favorite NFL bet. You don't even have to tell me. I know it is because we talked about it so much. You hit a big ticket last year. NFL's worst record. Have you identified a team or two that you're going to play here? Two teams. Two teams both in the very similar boat because it has to do with inexperienced quarterbacks. One of them, the Carolina Panthers. At plus 2,000, the other, the Green Bay Packers at plus 4,000, 40 to 1. But think about it. Okay, right now you're looking. Arizona's the favorite for worst record. Their over-under total is 4.5 that everybody's betting on. After that, it goes Indy, Houston, and Tampa at 6.5 for their number. Then all of a sudden, it's Green Bay and Carolina at 7.5 with the Bears right there. Well, Green Bay has lost their biggest weapon in Aaron Rodgers. There's a potential that they could go one and five in the division. You never know. Detroit could beat them twice. Minnesota or the Bears could beat them twice, and maybe they split with someone. Mm-hmm. Carolina's in a division in the NFC South where, yes, they have to deal with Tampa over there, who's not going to be very good either. But even if they go two and four in their division, you look at some of these teams' schedules and that outside of the division, they're not overly easy. And I could see one of those being a little bit more of a value than what you're seeing at plus 250 for Arizona. Look, you hit this one last year, so I don't want to question you too much, but I don't like either of them. I really <laughs> don't. Well, here's the thing. Carolina, well, this is the case for both of them. They're both in bad divisions, so there yes. are so many winnable games for them. They go with Bryce Young from the start. I think that's the correct move. The thing with Carolina, when you go to the other side of the ball, it's not that bad. They do have some playmakers on that defense with Burns and J.C. Horn. That's what makes me think that they're going to be in a amount of these games. Now, first half of the season, could it be rough? Oh, yeah, absolutely, with a rookie quarterback. And I'm looking at the schedule. There are some tough games there. He has to go to Seattle, to Detroit, to Miami, all before the bye week. Schedule softens up a little bit in the middle of the season. Houston, Indianapolis, and the Bears. So I I understand you're thinking with the struggles, and he doesn't have any weapons on the outside. So I get it, but God, that division's bad. And then we were just talking about how poor the NFC North is. You could tell me all sorts of stories on the Green Bay Packers. They could win this division, or they could be in last place. So I guess if I'm buying into that variance with this team, I should buy into the variance of worst record because they could bottom out. Jordan Love could be terrible. All the receivers they have are extremely young. They're all first and second year guys. Are any of them going to break out? I don't know. It's probably going to be more run heavy because, you know, you can depend on Jones and Dylan. And that's what it's going to have to come down to. And the other thing that's going to have to come down to is what is the number this year? All right. Last year, you knew Houston was going to be really bad. Yeah. Last year, we thought the Bears were going to be bad. I don't think we're looking at a team in the NFL this year that is a two-win team or a three-win team. I think that number could be four or five, which could put multiple teams in the mix for a wager like this very late into the season, too. I don't think it's going to be one of those where you have two or three teams separating themselves. I mean, even last year, we thought week three was going to be the game for worst record when the Bears ended up defeating Houston. And then it still went down to the final week of the season. But I don't quite see that this year. It seems like 
there's a little bit more parity in the fact that there's more teams that are kind of bunched together is mediocre this year more than anything else. Cardinals have the lowest win total. Most spots, four and a half. Some have it at three and a half, juice to the over. I don't think the Cardinals are that bad. The other teams at the bottom, the Bucks, the Rams, I am not expecting a good season out of them, but what if Matthew Stafford stays healthy? Their record can't be that right. bad. You know the team that right. might catch a ton of L's and maybe it could be a three-win season for them? Raiders, Jimmy Garoppolo. Potentially. You lose Waller, all those tough games in the AFC West. I can buy into Sean Payton turning the Broncos around. Maybe things come together for the Chargers. Herbert just got paid, and maybe they kind of break through finally. And then, of course, there's Patrick Mahomes. The losses have to go somewhere. If you're going to pick a team in the AFC West, you would think they're all going to pile up in the Raiders. Yeah, and they have an unhappy running back, too. So oh, yeah. that's one of the things. When And he's your offense. So if he's unhappy and things aren't working out there, then you could have some problems. That could be another team that's definitely worth a look for a play, and you're looking at double-digit dots on them as well. All right, very good, Jim. Before we cut you loose, I know it's been busy over at a Hawthorne race course. You guys were racing later in the day this week with uh, the hot temperatures going on. So uh, tell me, what are you thinking as far as today and uh, update us with everything happening at Hawthorne? Yeah, Hawthorne has been busy racing Wednesday, Thursday, and Sunday at Hawthorne. You're right, with the warm temps, we're racing in the evening on Wednesday and Thursday this past week. So we'll see how things play out moving forward. There's some good simulcasts and stakes races this weekend at Laurel Park on Saturday. So here's the three horses we're betting. Race 7, bet the 1, be better across the board. Race 8, we're also going to bet the 1, street loot across the board. Race 9, bet the 3, synthesis across the board and see if we can make some money and start parlaying it to some NFL wagers. Jim Miller, Hawthorne Race Course at Hawthorne. Jim. Uh, Jim, when we talk next week, it will be post-MLB trade deadline, and we're going to be about a month away from the NFL season. Can't wait. It's a great time of year, Joe. As you can tell, we're making that transition to NFL and some college football coming your way as well. This entire hour of early odds available on the Odyssey app, just like my weekday show, BetQL Daily. 8 to 11 a.m. Both are podcasted. Inside the Clubhouse with Bruce Levine and David Haw is next. Cash those tickets and keep it locked right here on 670 The Score. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 